Welcome to Clopen, a podcast on open educational resources in Ontario from College Libraries Ontario. Welcome to the second College Libraries Ontario OER podcast. A chance for us to get to know the people who are working hard to advance OER at their institutions in Ontario. And today we have joining us Trish Bonner and Jennifer Dupuis from Loyalist College. Trish, do you want to introduce yourself a little bit about yourself? Sure. Um, So yes, uh, as Gordana said, I am Trisha Bonner. I am with Loyalist College, currently in the role of an open education strategist. So we are hoping to raise awareness and advance uh, open education resources and pedagogy at Loyalist. Um, Typically, when I'm not in this role, I am an educational uh, technologies facilitator. which supports faculty in all of their teaching and learning using technology. So we support the LMS uh, and any other technology and open has always been a part of that as well. Wonderful. And Jennifer, can you introduce a little bit about what you do in terms of the library and supporting OER and and perhaps working with Tricia? Absolutely. So uh, thanks. My name is Jennifer and I'm one of the technicians in the library here at Loyalist. My day-to-day job is reference and collection development. Uh, The way I describe that to people is I get to shop for books on somebody else's dime. It is the best job in the world. Uh, When it comes to OER, I am very much in a supporting role. It was Trish who introduced me to it during Open Week a few years ago. And at the library level, we provide support in terms of connecting faculty and staff with resources, background and supplementary information, as well as addressing any um, copyright or open license concerns that they might have. Right, and that's a very similar role that we take on at Niagara College as well. So that's, uh, it's interesting to see that there are similarities across across the college spectrum. Um, I should probably introduce myself as well, um, so folks know who this ambient voice is, I guess, in the background. But my name is Gordana Vitez, and I'm the manager of the Library and Learning Commons at Niagara College, and uh, very much interested in OER and how it plays out in the college system. Um, I'm also the chair of the OER committee, so one of our mandates is to get education out there for folks, and this podcast is part of that is to um, help get the word out on OER and to support our our faculty and staff within the uh, college sector. So um, I think I'd like to ask each of you, and maybe we'll start with Jennifer, because you mentioned this in your intro, on how you became uh, interested in OER and introduced to OER. Um, at, at, as I said, all of that is owing to Trisha. I, at the time when the Center for Teaching and Learning was getting going with Open and they were planning their Open Week activities, uh, Trisha approached me to ask some questions about copyright. I, at the time, was covering a mat leave for our copyright technician. Copyright is not my background, but I was sort of filling in for her. And I, I think, as I said before, the rest was kind of history we got connected and she introduced me to it and and that was it 
nice introduction to it, huh? Yeah, it was <laughs> wonderful. Learned a lot. It was a very steep learning curve for me, but Trish has been very gracious and very helpful. Oh, you know what, Jennifer? I think we can say that for all of us. Very, very steep, and it's it's uh, been a fun climb. But Trisha, how did you come to know OER, and how did you um, kind of start dipping your toes into OER? So um, I think it was probably about 2017, I guess, um, when uh, eCampus hosted, uh, I think, what they called an Open Education Summit. And I had the great pleasure of hearing Rajiv Jangiani and Robin DeRosa speak at that summit. And they talked very passionately about uh, open educational resources, uh, introduced some open education pedagogy. And I think from there, I was kind of hooked. Uh, and then... We joined what was, I think at that point, called the Open Rangers Summit. Um, right. And so we got involved with there, started talking to other colleges. And again, it just continued to, we weren't doing a whole lot of, well, actually not a whole lot. We weren't doing anything at Loyalist at that point, but it was certainly raising my awareness of the benefits of open educational resources, uh, open pedagogies, and just how it all came together to support uh, the students support learning, support, you know, cost, expenses, benefits, all those kinds of things. Um, and then in 2018, 2019, I had the opportunity to, uh, and this is sort of where I uh, dragged Jennifer into this so nicely. She said it so nicely. I kind of bullied her, but um, <laughs> no. we had, uh, <laughs> um, we uh, in 2018, got some funding from eCampus to sort of create awareness and open week uh, and participate in open week at the college. And so that was sort of our first attempt at uh, open. And so we did some workshops. We did a couple of um, uh, we created a small committee uh, and just wanted to sort of create awareness there. And then in from there in 2019, I had the opportunity to become uh, an open fellow and worked with six other or five other uh, institutions, uh, both universities and colleges, to expand my awareness and understanding of, of uh, open, as well as then work with them and, and help their projects. And at that time, I took on a project of student perspective. I really wanted to understand the value, because we say all of what we value for students, you know, sure. that the costs and savings and yeah. all those types of things, but I wondered if it really mattered to students. And so for that year, uh, my project was research on that student perspective. Unfortunately, we didn't have the time to be able to dig right in and do our own research, but I was amazed at the amount of research that was out there with that. And sort of that's been since then my driving force to continue with all of this. I need to ask you, when you were attending the Open Rangers and then doing the other things, was anyone else at Loyalist with you on this or is it was it the Trisha Bonner show? Pretty <laughs> well, so uh, it's always the Trisha Bonner show. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> little, maybe. Um, the, so I certainly had the support of my my manager at the time. I had colleagues like Jennifer from the library, who, when I was doing some of these things, I would contact Jennifer and, and pick her brain a little bit about, you know, oh, I heard about this. What does this look like here? Or, you know, can we find out how to sort of implement? What might that look like if we tried something here? I also had a couple of colleagues in um, the Center for the Advancement of Teaching and Learning, which is, as I think, as Jennifer mentioned, that's the center that we work out of. 
of as for faculty support. I had a couple of colleagues there who were, again, sort of on the sidelines. They did not attend all of these things with me. Unfortunately, we're a very small college. And well, it's got its benefits. Fortunately, yeah, unfortunately, yeah. And so for things like this, it often means we don't have the budget to send multiple people to these types of things. So um, it just sort of became my passion. And then when the opportunity for this position, the open strategist position came about, it was just a natural fit for me. So we've now it's I've been seconded for the year. We're hoping to be able to extend it for another year and um, so that we right. can continue to to, you know, broaden and, and just move from where we are like we've had a great start this past year uh, with increasing faculty and that was the other thing as far as um, people attending some of this I, again didn't have anybody specifically but I did have faculty that as I was starting to share some of the information uh, that they were getting interested and I would send out links to workshops or I would send so we did have people starting to um, expand their their awareness and their understanding right. um and and kind of move with it so it has happened sort of across very grassroots uh across the college but still it's i'm the only person in this particular position right so as a formal capacity this is your focus in terms of administration they they are funding this so to speak by devoting your salary dollars to it Yes. Right. So I think that's that's really interesting um, because we don't always see that first and foremost. And um, I guess that that describes a little bit of the culture at your institution then um, in terms of the backing that that belief in it or the willingness to um, put the dollars into it, if you will. Yeah, it's it's again, it's sort of um, it's new as well sure. at, at this level. Yeah. Um, we have definitely got, so our, our new VPA, uh, Sean has, but is certainly aware of this, aware of the benefits and supported this. And currently we are working on the, our strategic academic strategic plan. Okay. And he has asked uh, that I be part of that along with uh, many other um, people across the college, but he's asked that I be a part of that so that we can look at how open might fit into the overall academic strategic plan for the next five years. So um, that to me is absolutely amazing that we've kind of got to that point where it's, you know, it's being recognized as for the value that it can bring. Oh, 100%. That's fantastic to have yeah. that sort of buy-in. That, that is really inspiring. Um, Jennifer, from your perspective, um, in terms of uh, your admin and their support, how do you, how does that fit in for you? Um, in our, in my individual department in the library, our director has been very supportive uh, when I approached him initially about the idea of working with Trisha on, I believe it was open week. Trisha, correct me if I'm wrong. Yep. Um, he was very supportive. He said, absolutely, go for it. Tell me what you need to do, how we'll manage the desk schedule, that thing. So that's been, that's been wonderful to have that, that support and that backup. Um, yeah. As Trisha said, it's still very, very new. So we don't ha necessarily have all of the, all of the knowledge and all of the information, but as 
as we learn more and as we share that with our colleagues, I am starting to see more and more interest and more and more support mm -hmm. um, from not only from students, from my colleagues, from faculty and staff and from administrators as well, which is wonderful. Yeah, it's um, it's a nice feeling when you start to see that spread right through an organization mm -hmm. where it's making inroads. Um, really refreshing, <laughs> really refreshing to see that. Uh, since my role has been made uh, aware or public or, or whatever, like since we've been sort of promoting this, we have had other faculty who have come forward who were already using OERs. Some of them didn't realize that that's what they were right. using. Yeah. Uh, we have had a couple of really big uh, programs. So our business program decided in 2019, I think, um, to take their first semester to zero textbook costs. Oh, bravo. We've now moved into the second semester and we are continuing to do that. And we are hoping that, you know, over the next little bit that the entire program will have no textbook costs for it. Um, I'm also currently working with the program coordinator from the general arts and science department and same she would really like to move to zero textbook costs so um, in some cases we might not need textbooks that might be how you get the zero costs or we might replace them with um, open textbooks but as you probably both know there is a lot of work to doing that um, not all textbooks come with resources and so asking a faculty to adopt something that doesn't have a lot of resources can also be a lot of work for them so um, so in those two programs, we really have, uh, they're definitely, I would say champions of OER, um, because they're working within their departments, they're working with their own faculty to, to look forward to, to, or to moving that forward. We do have, um, in both of those programs, uh, the dean that oversees that is also very supportive. And so right. she is trying to work with the departments and support them to, to be able to do this zero textbook cost. Unfortunately, you wanna talk, you know, it's, there's always challenges to that because they, it, it, money's always involved. Absolutely. So, you know, when faculty decide that they want to move to open educate or to open resources, or they can't find something, or they need to adapt something, um, or build the the auxiliary resources that go with it, or revamp, there's a lot of work that that gets taken on, and so far has been off the side of people's desks. It hasn't really. But it hasn't been compensated, I guess, if that's the right way to say that. So um, right. those are some of the yeah. challenges and hopefully some of the things that as we continue to create this awareness uh, across the college that we do get more support for that type of thing. I don't know exactly what that looks like right now. Um, I don't think anybody knows exactly what it looks like or what it means for the faculty. But just the fact that we um, are starting to have those conversations I think is important and I will recognize that as a win. Um, like Jennifer said, we're still fairly new. And so, um, yeah, there's lots of ups and downs with it, but we are generally, you know, not, it might be two steps forward and one step back instead of the one step forward and two step back. Um, yeah. We are generally like the, the feeling is we're progressing. So it that's sounds exciting. like it. It absolutely sounds like it. And and there is um, 
there's something so lovely about an entire program being zero textbook costs, but that perfection is sometimes elusive. Like what you said regarding maybe it's not, uh, not everyone can find that perfect OER for that particular release date to say our program is now zero textbook cost, right? So there's kind of that trying to temper that perfection piece with, um, uh, you know, actually getting something done. Yeah, which can be hard. Um, and I think that's that's probably one of the roadblocks a lot of us have um, in front of us. Not insurmountable, but you know, it uh, it might not meet the deadline, right? Yeah. To have the announcement that we're zero textbook cost, right? Exactly. Now it sounds like you've got some significant areas at Loyalist who um, who are into OER or they, 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 they feel it could work for them or it has benefit for adoption. Now, what about challenges that you might face at the institution um, regarding OER buy-in? Do you get those quality questions? Yes, for sure, those questions of quality. Um, there's definitely that idea that you get what you pay for uh, in some cases. So people feel right. that a free textbook is, you know, of no value. It's, you know, whatever, who's, who wrote that, who did that, who, you know, those types of things. Um, and I have to admit, I might've thought that myself at the very beginning when I was starting to understand, you know, why would somebody just write a textbook and give it for free? Uh, you know, I didn't necessarily understand all of that and, and why you would want to do that. But um, so we definitely have some of that. Uh, there is definitely resistance around the amount of work, like I just said. So we have some departments that are, I don't have time to do that. Uh, I can get this textbook sure. and it has all my tests, it has all my PowerPoints, it has, you know, whatever ancillary resources I have. And, um, you know, that's, that's fine for me. It meets the needs of my students. Um, there is also... Uh, I'm not sure how to put this delicately, but that I, there is a fear, I think, for some faculty that if we give away our resources and things are free, that we risk losing jobs, we risk, um, oh, okay. mm -hmm. right, like that. So if, if something's not, why would people come to Loyalist, I guess, and, and take this, you know, program A, B, or C? if they can just go online and get the res free resources here and write a test and and uh, you know get a get a credit type of thing i have actually had those people i have had people challenge me with that and say okay. why would i do that when some and then nobody even has to bother coming to here you know and especially when we're starting to hear the idea of micro credentials i think there's fear rightly wrongly you know justified not justified i could maybe throw that over to jennifer as well um, because I know she did, well, I shouldn't say I know that I believe from our conversations <laughs> that she deals with some of this in the library as well. When people come in looking for resources, not just uh, students, but faculty as well. Have you heard any of those challenges, Jennifer, or like quality issues or. Mm -hmm. if we yeah, there, there have been a few. Um, Similarly, I was chatting with a group in our this is the applied research department, and I hope I'm not speaking out of turn by telling the story, but we were talking about open resources and open publishing. 
and they had very i think real concerns about open publishing you know what is the quality of the content being published is my work that i've worked very very hard on being published alongside things that are not as good quality how will that reflect on all of my hard work am i being mm -hmm. asked to pay to publish which is i think very predatory and they i think they were very real legitimate concerns i wasn't necessarily able to address them all but um Sure. Sort of in library fashion, we say, I don't know. That's a great question. Let me find out for you. And then I was able to get back to them with some additional information. But um, I have heard a few of those concerns, um, less so from faculty, but I'm sure as there continues to be discussions about open resources, we will get more of those. And fair enough, you know, um, if people have those concerns and those questions, we should be able to address them. Yeah, and I think as we see the pendulum swing, um, the fact that Quantlin accepts um, OER for um, tenure process review, right? Uh, there's and, and there are institutions in the states that are also opening up and saying OER creation can be used as part of the tenure tenure process. The, these are huge leaps um, in terms of accepting OER as a, as a valid, fulsome product, if you will, on par with a publisher. My argument is, or if I hear people say, like, why would, you know, how could somebody release something for free? Um, my other thought is, like, why would somebody go through the trouble of writing something crappy and releasing it out into the world anyway? But I mean, it just it's just flipping the the argument, but you can see why someone is concerned. But I've seen so much good out there that that seems to outweigh it. One of the things that I do appreciate about that, like Jennifer had mentioned, the idea that, you know, people will ask a question. We, at minimum, have to address that question in, in our best abilities, whether that is going and finding other information somewhere or connecting them with somebody else who might have a better uh, response for them. Uh, again, we are fairly new at this, but I really have to say, I like the opportunity to do that because at least then people are asking questions versus the people who don't even like, oh yeah, that OER thing. No, I heard about that. I'm not even interested. And so they won't challenge, they won't ask the questions and they're not. So for me, then they're not really open to learning more. People who ask questions, people who challenge a little bit, are at least open to a response. Whether they accept it or don't is up to them, but at least you've you've dropped you planted a seed of consideration there for them versus those other people who won't even come in and, and have that won't even start that conversation. So they can be challenging conversations, but for the most part I like to welcome them for that exact reason. The conversation is valid. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I think that's an important point for us, for those of us who are OER champions, is to realize that while we may be steeped in it, there are folks who are just dipping their toes and and they haven't worked through those processes, thought processes that we already have. Um, so having the patience and taking the time to work with them, like Jennifer, who is answering those questions at the desk and you know, talking faculty through and, and finding the additional information they need to make an educated guess, right? 
I mean, that's a part of that process. So um, you spoke briefly about this when we first um, did the intros in terms of how the structure is at Loyalist, although it might not be fully a fulsome structure, but in terms of your role, Tricia, and your role, Jennifer, can you describe a little bit more about how you support faculty who may be in one of those business programs that is considering an OER? What is What does that process look like at Loyalist? Right now, um, it is really dependent on each each individual person, each individual program. We don't have those official processes. That's part of my role in this open education strategist is to start to look at what those processes might look like. If somebody expressed an interest, you know, they go to A, B, or C, um, you know, where do we go right now? It's just more about them expressing an interest. Often I will help them, I'll, I'll either direct them to a search to find something that's available, or if I know of something that's already out there, I might direct them to that. Um, I might direct them to the library and say, you know, Jennifer's great as well. She may have resources there. And then we would talk about what those, what might be entailed in taking something like that on. Um, we did have the benefit this past year of uh, having funding from eCampus for three different projects. So we were really able to get in and uh, develop. We adopt, adopted two, three different textbooks. Um, and then for all three of those textbooks, developed auxiliary resources to go along with that. So that process, we've just kind of wrapped that up. We are going to be doing debriefs in the next couple of weeks with each one of those teams to talk about what we learned with that. And then moving forward, how would we do this next time? So if somebody says, here's, you know, I'd like to be able, here's a textbook I'm interested in. Um, how do I go ahead and adopt it? How do I adapt it? What do I need to do with it? Those types of things. So we don't really have a full answer of what that looks like at this point. No, that's Still, that's fair. Yeah. It's I guess the question is is that everyone everyone at every institution may have a different methodology and hearing how folks do it at another institution, even if it is loose, like your process right now, if it is a process, it helps other folks who are either really deep in and need to take a step back and pull out of a really structured approach and then others who haven't started and and okay loyalist has a point person maybe we need to find a point person i think all of this information helps folks on that journey and it really helps folks who don't have anything in place and are wondering where do where the heck do I start? It's too hard to actually have a step one, step two, because a faculty member can come in at any point on that spectrum of adopting, adapting, or creating. And you don't know when they're going to involve you. Right. And I think that's a I think that's a very good point too, Gordana, because we have also found and part of the conversations that we've just been having is we have faculty at all different levels as well. So I have a faculty member who on her own went out, found a textbook 
and contacted me and said, I'm really interested in this textbook. I'd like to adapt it. How do I do that? And I said, well, here's the options. We have a press books. We can do this. We can do that. She said, okay, can you create this in press books for me? And then I'd like to go in and edit it. I never heard from her again until it was done. I didn't do anything right. with her. She just went on her own and, and then Absolutely. she said, okay, I think I'm done. I'd like to be able to use this in my course for the next two semesters. And then if I think I'm ready, I'll, I'll publish it and share it back out. Is that okay? I went, uh, of course, that's okay. Like, Damn straight, yes, that's, that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> and then we have some who come in and say, okay, I heard about this thing called OER. How do I find a textbook? And so they're at the very, very beginning. And so I think that is the important part as well of remembering with those if you do have a step one two three process where do your faculty fit in some of those uh, for some of our step one is just learning about OER with it and I yeah. think the other thing too that as I was talking at the beginning we mentioned about our you know the fact that we now have our, our senior vice or SVPA is supporting a lot of this um, but one of the things that they have supported is an open working group. And so we have contacted, uh, I think there's about 12 members of us, Jennifer. We just, we, I think we were about to have our third meeting and we are trying That's to figure great. out a way to involve students, but we have representation from our, uh, our Indigenous Centre, our International Centre, our Accessibility Centre, the library, we have a couple of faculty, we have a couple of deans, and we have a manager that's on there. I'm, not, I'm sure I forgot somebody along the way, but that, so we're really trying to work with, with everybody there so that it's not just one person saying, here's the direction I think we need to go in. It's sort of, here's the whole group. And how do we make sure that we're meeting the needs of all of these groups if we move across with policies or if we move with some of these processes um, or those types of things? Where do we begin? Is it just with awareness? Are we going to do workshops or those types of things? So that, I think, has been a really uh, key part for us. Because even on this group, we've had some people who had really, they were asked to sit on the group, but they had no idea what uh, open education resources were. That's fantastic. You know, getting that perspective of someone who has absolutely no clue so that they can ask the questions that we might roll over because we're, we're fully immersed, right? So they're yeah. asking those key questions that prompt the good conversation about direction, what we should do, what we should prioritize. The last question I'd like to ask is kind of if you could peer into your crystal balls and uh, <laughs> what, do you, what do you think the future of OER in Ontario colleges looks like? Collaborative. We have right now uh, an open group as well where we have representation from a lot of the different colleges and I can't tell you how beneficial that has been for me um, as well as things that I can share then with loyalists um, because there's again as you just mentioned there's people that are even within this group, colleges that are at all different levels. We have some that have OER working labs where somebody comes with a project, it goes into the OER lab and it gets done and, you know, that's wonderful. And then others who are interested but really haven't hardly started anything. And so I think across the colleges, we're just going to start to see a lot more collaboration. That's what, that's what I think we're going to see with this. That would be nice to see too. Mm -hmm. Jennifer, what are your thoughts on the, the future of OER? 
collaborating between not only faculty and students, but all of the other stakeholders. So the library, the bookstore, accessibility, international teams, indigenous, and having those conversations, that's something that's come up quite a few times. And just going out and having those conversations with people teaches us so much. You know, when I, I talked about the discussion I was having with our applied research team, and they asked about pay to publish and open publishing. Right. And that raised questions mm -hmm. that I didn't know I had. Um, it made me go, okay, I don't know anything about that. Where can I get that information and how can I share it with my faculty colleagues so that they are equipped to make informed decisions? You know, I it's, it's very much a library thing. I want people to have information. I want to share it with them, you know. Um, so, and I'm, I'm hopeful that that will, will continue. I will say thank you very much for joining me today on this podcast um, to have this great discussion on OER in Ontario College Libraries. So thank you very much, Tricia Bonner and Jennifer Dupuis from Loyalist College. And thank you, uh, Gordana and Jackie, for sort of hosting and, and putting this together. So again, I think this is going to be part of this collaborations that we start to see moving forward. I think it's wonderful. Thank you very much. Colloquium is hosted by me, Gordana Vitez, and produced and edited by Jacqueline Chambers-Page on behalf of College Libraries Ontario. Visit our website for more information. You'll find the link in the episode description.